ready to make marketing suck less? On this series of bonus pods, I will help one business owner identify one action that solves their biggest marketing headache so that marketing becomes easier and more effective. Basically, I'll help people make marketing suck less. This week, we have Leah Steele from Searching for Serenity. When Leah took the Discover Your Marketing Achilles Heel assessment, her biggest marketing headache was around making offers to her audience. When we dove in, I found that Leah has a very particular problem. Her work serves two very different clients. She offers the same solution to both, but why they buy has a different motivation. So how do you market when you're speaking to two different groups of people? Listen in and hear what Leah and I figure out. Plus, I give her a strategy that helps her easily build relationships with the right fit people on LinkedIn. So let's dive in. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for doing this Make Marketing Suck Less hot seat. (laughs) I'm excited that you are here. And first, just tell us a little bit about your business and what you offer. Yeah, so um, I am, I have a lot of hats that I wear. So I'm a coach, mentor, trainer, consultant. I work with individuals and organizations all around issues of career sustainability. So In particular, we're looking at issues of burnout, stress, basically how we can make work suck less, Um, not to crib your marketing, sorry, Um, but how we can make work, I essentially say like less of a form of self-harm so that brilliant professionals can do their jobs better. Um, I'm a former lawyer. Guess how I came into all of this. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So what feels really hard about your marketing? In particular... Uh, I'm scatterbrained at the best of times. I am mm-hmm. the person who shiny object. I want to do all the things all at once. I want to do a thousand different things. Yes. But also structurally within my business, there's a lot because I offer work for individuals. I offer work for organizations. I do training, consulting, retainer arrangements on that side. Yeah. And then I also work with individuals on one-to-one and I have group programs and there's a lot of information. So there's just, there's a lot And so being able to consistently share with people what I do and market to quite a wide range of people is a challenge, definitely. Well, and especially there's the difference between why individuals will hire you versus why corporate will hire you. Like, where do you, where do you like to focus the most? This is part of the issue, right? Because when I started working with individuals Mm -hmm. it then developed into working with organizations because we've seen this a lot when people you offer solutions to people that are only part of the solution because as an individual there's only so far you can go to prevent burnout when it's systemic when it's structural when it's cultural Mm -hmm. and so it very organically developed that I was working with organizations I was actually approached originally by organizations to work with them um and so it's it's developed in that natural organic evolution um I know that I market best to individuals I speak best to individual pain points Mm -hmm. but working with organizations is a big part of the solution as well um and so and I love doing that I love being able to have that big impact 
and being able to create something within a firm that's really special. Yeah. And I imagine it's probably a little bit more lucrative as well. Like it can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think I've definitely developed, and I think I've been open about this as well, that every time I get a corporate job, it helps to support the the lower end stuff because I was that person crying in the toilets at work not understanding what was wrong with me not understanding it was burnout I want to be able to make sure that I can reach those people and not have those high barriers to entry all the time not have everything Mm. behind a big paywall Um, so there's a big there's a big drive to make this as accessible as possible Um, and that includes working with corporates as well Yeah, no. And I see so many people doing that. It's like you have your business for individuals, but the corporate work subsidizes that. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think where it gets tricky, like you've, you hit the nail on your head. It's like you essentially in some ways have two businesses that, I mean, solve the same issue. But from different approaches but from different approaches and different angles which then makes marketing tricky because you always have to know um who you're talking to so mm. do you have a different marketing strategy for individuals versus the corporates do i i mean if i'm honest my strategy is often speaking to issues that are coming up as they're coming up um my marketing traditionally has been very reactive i work best when i'm responding to a problem rather Mm -hmm. than doing things in advance batching content has never worked for me um it just doesn't um and so yes and no often i'll find with the corporate it's a an influential individual who will refer me into the organization or bring me into the organization. So often Mm -hmm. the marketing for individuals feeds through in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I have to do is like a top up with organizations. I know very much who I'm speaking to um, with that, what kind of job they've got, what kind of experiences they've got, their pain points. Um, But yes, it tends to be individual leads into corporate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a few different approaches because like when I was looking at your marketing results, it's like the offer questions felt a little murky. And I was I and I saw like you have calls to action on your website, even though you kind of responded that you didn't. And I was wondering, like, is it because you're not feeling as confident about like how to section these people off? basically so they see the right thing (laughs) yeah just clone me have five of me and I think I'll be okay um yeah that's part of it so on the website they are there Mm -hmm. um I think I have reduced the calls to action in my social media marketing recently um because it was lowering engagement and it's this tricky balance of trying to get people engaged and feeling that they're safe to speak because burnout and stress are difficult issues in any situation and so people need to feel safe that they're able to trust me um, Mm -hmm. beyond our simple no like trust and so asking for sales all the time is actually lowering engagement it was making people less likely to engage Um, and that's a real struggle so I think when I was talking about the course to action I was thinking more about the social media than the website Um, like every business owner my website is hugely out of date and always in 
the process of updating, of course. Um, it is very out of date. Um, but yeah, so that's part of it. The other thing is that I have this annoying tendency to put programs or um, training issues together based on what I'm seeing. So if I'm seeing something come up across multiple clients, I will create something there. So it's mm -hmm. not very far in advance. So it's yeah. difficult sometimes. Yeah. So I agree with you about social media. Like that is not a sales channel. And which channel are you using for social? My biggest is LinkedIn. I've got about 20,000 followers there. Okay, great. Like that's amazing. Cause I would recommend, so my first recommendation is like, great that you're on LinkedIn. And I think for you, the magic is going to happen in conversations that get started in the DMs. So if you see somebody who's always like showing up on your post or maybe commenting, like reaching out to them, thanking them and, and really going old school, like I'm a big, big believer in old school marketing. And like, mm -hmm. how can we just start conversations and get to know people on social media? Because mm -hmm. that could either open you up to individual work or to the corporate work because 20,000 people on LinkedIn is a great audience size. Like that's amazing. <laughs> It should, I think it should be doing more for me than it currently is, if I'm honest, um, with that kind of size. But again, it's that it's starting the conversations. My, to give a context, my background, having been a lawyer, you are, as a lawyer, you're not allowed to do outreach. You are very restricted in the marketing you do. And I think even seven years in, I am still very institutionalized in that way. Yeah. Um, you wait for clients to come to you and you just sit there nicely and wait rather than being more proactive. And it's a real struggle to get me over that, I think. Yeah. And I think that is one of the challenges because, I mean, there, there's two approaches on LinkedIn, right? So posting there, but also interacting with other accounts or interacting with the people who follow you or who like and comment on your stuff. Um, because that, I mean, and you can do it publicly, like on their posts, just showing up and giving their what they're putting out their support if they're posting but we know linkedin has a lot of lurkers yeah yeah <laughs> so i think it's also about um yeah like starting those conversations or even like this is an idea like you can say no to it but i'm wondering <laughs> like if you had like a monthly round table or something where you're talking about an issue around burnout in corporate and you just invite people to and and I would say since it is such a sensitive topic like there's no replay <laughs> there's mm -hmm. none of that like this is a live conversation or maybe you send out a replay like if you're talking about a specific issue in burnout and then just cut out um the interaction and the questions you get about it yeah. so that way you're starting conversations about burnout and it also is giving you that opportunity to respond to things. Yeah, yeah. I I have been thinking about doing kind of a monthly webinar topic or something like that. And again, I think I've bounced back and forth between to it. Am I aiming this at individuals? Am I aiming it at organizations? But if I'm just a focus on the individuals, yeah, it feeds across to the organizations anyway, right? It's the same conversation. Yeah, because 
And I would say I wouldn't do it as a webinar. I would literally do it like just as a Zoom call, invite people in, maybe teach for 15, 20 minutes and then open the floor for questions and conversations. And that will I think it will showcase your brilliance and how you think and it gives them a taste of how you work with people. Um, and I think that will do a lot for the individual clients. I'm really a huge believer right now in show don't tell, which is by the way, why I'm doing these yeah. like marketing hot seat <laughs> calls, right? Cause I want, cause in, especially in a weird economy, it's like you really need to show people the value that they're getting. So yeah. I would, yeah, I would focus, talk to individuals and do something that showcase like that round table once a month and invite people right invite your linkedin followers to it invite people that you notice who've been liking but not commenting to it and they look <laughs> like they're a good fit be like hey i'm having this conversation i'd love to have you um and that way you can just start more conversations and i think that will help and i think it will help you yeah. get over like having conversations with people too yeah yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's really tricky, isn't it? The yeah. Starting a conversation is very different from starting a sales process. And I think we're all sick of having the 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 cold DMs <laughs> sliding uh. in. I can't stand it. And so uh, you do the thing where you swing in the opposite direction. You go too far in the opposite direction. And I've probably been guilty of doing that over the last few months, definitely. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, so you're still building relationships and showing people what you're capable of. And then that could lead into the sales conversation, but that's like a whole other separate event. Yeah. So, Perfect. And, yeah. And then I would just say that one other thing I'll leave you with is like just the website. I think you're doing a great job of getting people to choose a path, because if you are speaking to a B2B audience and individuals, and you know those corporate folks are gonna go to your website to check you out. Yeah. <laughs> so like having that clearly defined path of like, if you are B2B, click here. If you're an individual, click here. Cause then that way you can give them specific messages. Because I imagine for the B2B crowd, like why they're going to hire you is probably around absenteeism and employee engagement and retention yep. and individuals yep. aren't thinking about that stuff they, they have a problem they need solved um so yeah. it's so it allows you to talk about like what burnout costs an organization without how like the one-on-one -on -one people the individuals having to see that yeah yeah, perfect. All I'm right. glad that's working. Thank you. You're so welcome. So, so how do you feel? Like, do you feel like the roundtables are doable? I absolutely think they are, and I actually think, particularly doing an event where it's it's limited numbers. You know, we're only inviting a dozen people. It's going to be off recording. You can even be off camera if you want. You know, mm -hmm. it's trying to make it as safe as possible, as accessible as possible. I would absolutely love to do that because again, you know, everything that I've been trying to do is about making this information, these resources as accessible as possible. So it hits that goal and potentially it can open things up for people who would otherwise sit there in fear for four years waiting, Yeah, <laughs> which has happened. 
Yeah. And I just feel like it's a great way for people to experience you and your brilliance. And you can just get into a like system with it where it's like once a month on Fridays at 10 a.m. or whatever, you're doing the roundtable. So that way in your marketing, you always know that you're you, you know what you're promoting. Like I've got something solid in there. <laughs> yeah. Even whilst I'm squirrel brained around things. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like you always know it's like, oh, the round table's coming up. I need to be talking about this to my email list, to my LinkedIn people to see if they want to join. So yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a pillar I can build in, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank hey. you thank so you. much. And I'm I'm, I can't wait to see you talk about your roundtable soon. Now I've and now I'm going to have to go and do everything, and it's eight o'clock at night. That's it. The brain's gone. No, <laughs> no, no. Just you, you can go to sleep. The, you can do the roundtables tomorrow. Get that set up tomorrow. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Are you ready for your own make marketing suck less hot seat? And do you want to be featured on this podcast? To do that, you need to start by taking the Discover Your Marketing Achilles Heel Assessment. And you can do that at drmichellemazur.com slash marketing. And we'll see you next week for another bonus pod where we'll make marketing suck less.